say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking face to Grace Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. What's up, people? Welcome in on this Tuesday afternoon. Lovely day in the queues. The sun be shining. It is a game day. Game night later tonight. Houston, NC State. We'll get into that. It's a big game. It's a big game for NC State for a a lot of reasons. They are uh, playing really well of late. Winning at a high clip. We've won 9 out of 11 in ACC play. They're in the upper uh, third of the league right now. Big game for the Orange. Hey, do you want to have a chance to have a chance to have a chance? Well, go in tonight. That simple. You want to have a chance. You want to get on the fringe of getting in the mix. Go in tonight. Just that simple. What's coming up on the show today? What What is coming up on the show today? What excitements do we have planned here on a Tuesday? Our guest today is Brian Curtis. He is an editor and writer and podcaster at the Ringer website, the uh, Bill Simmons uh, production. Brian uh, oft writes about, uh, he covers the people that are doing the covering. He writes a lot of stuff about uh, media and uh, coverage. He was uh, recently down at the Super Bowl, wrote a lot of stuff from uh, uh, down there. So we'll we'll get a little uh, Super Bowl uh, review uh, from Brian, not from the game. I suppose we could talk about the game, but more about uh, from the uh, coverage standpoint and uh, where stuff like that is going forward. Do we like Tony Romo? Do we not like Tony Romo? Do we like Greg Olson? Do we not like Greg Olson? Jim Nance, yes. Jim Nance, no. What do we think about all of these things? That's what we'll be talking to uh, Brian about coming up at the bottom of this hour at 2.30. He'll join us. Besides that, we're pretty much on topic with NC State or whatever else uh, you may wish to talk about. Uh, here today, 315-437-7644 for ESPN44 is the number. And have I got something for you. Have I got something for you on this Valentine's Day? Did you uh, forget it was Valentine's Day? Did you fail to make it to the store? Forgot the flowers, didn't get the car, didn't buy the chocolates, didn't do any of the stuff. Did you forget? Well, for one Lucky procrastinator. I got two tickets to the game tonight. You've got Valentine's Day plans if you can win my tickets. We'll be doing that uh, coming up at 3 o'clock on the program today is the plan. 3 o'clock, I got tickets. You got Valentine's plans if you can answer my question. I have a question. I will ask it. You will answer it and then have tickets to the game tonight. So clear the decks, clear the schedule. You're going to the game tonight if you can answer the question coming up in an hour from now. So uh, that is uh, much of the plan today. And we'll get into this game tonight. We haven't talked Syracuse. I mean, we've talked it, but we haven't you know, been on a game day mode since going back to last Wednesday after uh, no game over the weekend. Last time we'll say that until the season is complete. So looking forward to getting into it tonight. We're we're midweek weekend for the rest of the way. Tuesday, Saturday. Uh, rolling along here uh, through the west of the way for the most part. Duke in the Dome on Saturday. Next week, road games, Clemson and Pittsburgh. And then back home for Georgia Tech 
and a Sunday game, the Jersey retirement game for Hank and Jerry to end the season. It is, it has gotten late early, as they say. The season, you know, started eight million years ago and has somehow flown by at the same time. So we will uh, get into that as we go on. Review our picks from last week at the end of the hour today. Had the abbreviated show yesterday, so didn't have uh, time to do our complete Monday activities that we normally do. But we'll recap. Our picks from Mario and the man who sort of knows from uh, last Friday. We'll do that coming up at the end of this hour just to get you set for the game tonight. And it feels like a game tonight and a situation tonight. Like, this is the beginning of the end. And I don't mean that in, like, doom and gloom is coming. I mean that we are beginning the end of the final stage of the season. It feels like, you know, not having a game this last weekend was a great demarcation point for the final stretch. Six games left. When you have the 20-game schedule, it divides oddly. You don't really think of a basketball conference regular season cutting into quarters into five-game chunks. That's weird. So there's six games left. It divides into the season in no way whatsoever that is any way useful. But that that's what we got left, and it feels like it, it is the home stretch here for Syracuse. It's also the, the demarcation line at the end here to when the game's got to pick up steam again. Orange do have two wins in a row, but BC and Florida State, not exactly the elevated portion of the league. Now here you're coming up. Last five games. Syracuse is sitting here, you know, nowhere near the bubble right now. That's not what we're talking about. But if you win tonight, then still not on the bubble, but then you can start, you can get out the calculator and the abacus and the slide rule and a protractor, and you can start, you know, devising routes for the arch. You can start processing thoughts like that. Five games left at the moment. As the numbers stand at this very exact second in time, up to the minute details, of the six games remaining, five of them would be good wins, if you can win them. Hmm. Currently, at this very second, you have four games that would be quad two games remaining and one game that would be a quad one game remaining. NC State, 36th in the net. That's a... A quad two, but venturing to the borderline of quad one. Duke on Saturday, currently 32nd in the net. Same deal. Clemson next week, road game. They're 77th in the net right now, which is quad two, borderline on quad one. Needs to be 75 for a road game. Pitt, 51. That's a road game. That's the one game that's, barring a pit collapse, you feel solidly locked into being a quad one game. Georgia Tech's 216. That's a quad, uh, a larger number. Three or four, whatever. It doesn't, like, it's one of those ones that doesn't matter. You have to win the game. It doesn't matter. And Wake is 73. That game's in the Dome. Uh, So that's actually on the borderline of quad two and quad three. You'd prefer Wake to stay in the top uh, 75 uh, for Syracuse's sake. Well, by then, you may not care. Like, if Syracuse doesn't go out and start winning these games here, like, what quad Wake Forest is in on March 4th uh, matters not. But the fact that I felt compelled to at least go look up those numbers today as we enter the home stretch of the season. That's encouraging because a few weeks ago, I I didn't think looking at that would be even like halfway remotely necessary. 
at all. Did you? I didn't. Like, it felt dead and buried a few weeks ago. We started talking about, well, the only way they can make the tournament is to win the ACC tournament. I don't think that is necessarily the case right now. And maybe it is. We'll see. We'll have Joe Lenardi on the program next week. We can ask uh, Joey Brackets. You know, just just for the sake of, just for the sake of my radio segment on Monday, Syracuse needs to go win these games here. But uh, like, what what is a season in in Joe Lenardi's life if Syracuse isn't on the bubble, driving him insane? That's mainly why it feels like Syracuse is going to go win these games. Uh, oh, if only for the sake of driving the bracketology world insane. Which the Orange specialized in. But the Orange, you know, the Orange net ranking, I, I name all those nets. NC State, Duke, Clemson, Pitt, Wake. Well, the Orange is 98, so Syracuse is below all five of those teams. Was still a lot of room to make up. Now, what will the math allow if you win these games? I don't know. Hey, I, I can't crunch those numbers. The the formulas, I don't I, I don't know exactly how, how, in what range can they respond over a six-game span. Hopefully, we'll find out. Because you know the Orange go out and go like 3-3 three and three or something. Like, well, if you go 3-3, three and three, you're going to have good wins. We'll have fun watching the games. We'll enjoy it all. We'll have all the coverage here. Post-game show tonight. Me and Devo coming up uh, right around 9 after the game. We'll have you on. We'll chat about it. We'll do the whole thing. But, you know, if you go 3-3, three and three, you're, you're in the same boat we've been talking about for a month. Need to win the tournament to make the tournament. If, if you can... If you can rip them off here, can you go five and one? Can you go five and one down the stretch? Which would mean you get wins in four of these five big games. All right. I'm not saying you're in the tournament then, but you know you're you're at least open to conversing about it. You're at least open to going to Greensboro and not having to win the whole darn thing. But and you know this is also what I'm intrigued to talk to Joe Lenardi about on Monday, and it's kind of where we are right now. And when you're on the wrong side of it, as not just Syracuse, but the ACC as a whole is right now. And I don't know a better answer. (laughs) Maybe there isn't one. But it is starting to feel in recent years, especially in this way. And I, I think in this way, it stands out more in recent years than maybe go back 5, 10, certainly more than that. Like, never is the cake fully baked in November for any team in college basketball. Never. So there's always a difference between what teams are at the end of February than the beginning of November. That, no duh. But now in the era of the transfer portal, and I'm not talking about the money aspect of it, I'm talking about the player movement and transfer portal, the the volume of one and dones, and you know the NIL plays in. But this is not about the actual money. This is about the how, how much roster construction changes from a year in year out basis. Do we need to go back to emphasizing the back half, the final ten, the whatever portion of the schedule? Does that need to be weighted heavier? than the early portion, because it it feels like the non-conference games early in the year have taken on an outweighted portion of what is college basketball. Syracuse will play 31 regular season games, so for simplicity of math's sake, a third of their schedule is out of the league, two-thirds of their schedule is in the league. 
as far as the sake of, and that is the same as everybody in the ACC, and you know, give or take by a game or two. Not every league plays a twenty-game schedule, but give or take in the major conferences, that is what the percentage is. That for the conference, the minority of those games is more important. Like if the league goes out and does well in the one third of the games, it suddenly makes every one of the two-thirds of the games more important than another league's two-thirds of the games. When in this era of transfer portal, look at Pitt. Pitt's a prime example. Set aside Syracuse. Look at Pitt. Pitt right now is like way closer to the bubble than you'd think the first place team in the ACC would be. They're currently leading the league, but like not locked into the tournament. Like If they lose some games down the stretch, they don't really have a ton of cushion. Why? They had an entirely new team. And that team figured it out. Unfortunately, they figured it out in the Dome at the end of the... Or right before Christmas. That feels like the day they figured it out. But they've been cooking ever since. And it's not just the ACC now. Okay, so now every ACC game does not count as much as every Big Ten or every uh, Big 12 game. Now, to be fair, there have been years where this has benefited Syracuse in the ACC. Or going back further, it benefited Syracuse in the Big East and... In some years, it just feels off. It feels off that, yeah, you're going to get into conference games. Well, now you're not allowed to lose a conference game. Oh, of course you're going to lose a conference game. These games are hard. And the whole thing just, uh, the whole thing just feels slightly off. Like it was well-intended as these things often are. It is better than just taking the old RPI and chucking it up against the wall and seeing what it spits out. But the whole thing just feels a, Feels a little bit off. I don't know. I, I, I want to ask, you know, and we'll do bracketology stuff and all that with Joe uh, next week. I, I want to ask him about that idea. Like, what what can we do to get a little more emphasis back on these league games having a fair fight with each other? Because it, it feels like the ACC games are, are now paling because the teams are ranked slightly lower. When it's, you know, these are major conference games against each other. These feel like big games. Like Syracuse NC State, Syracuse Duke, Syracuse Clemson who's leading the league a week ago. Syracuse Pitt is leading the league right now. Like these are large basketball games for the Arch. That's the next four games on the schedule. This could be a very fun, fun uh, two weeks to watch some uh, Cuse basketball. With that, let's go to the phones. Uh, Scooter is with us. Scooter, hello. How you doing? Hey, Brian. A couple things. First off, the, that's why basically non-conference is going to have to be more than they're going to these quads because it's almost like preconceived after non-conference, where the where the conference is going to be, right? Unfortunately, some of the losses. But the question I got for you: where, Where's actually Syracuse in all these net rankings? Ninety? Are they are they still in the ninetieth uh, projectile? Are, when I looked earlier today, I, I suppose it shouldn't have changed since this morning. Scooter, you never know with these things. Right. Uh, they were ninety eighth as of today. Okay, this is this is my thing because you mentioned two teams right on the border, right? I mean, you mentioned Clemson, uh, even even like. NC State. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 well. The 98th team goes in and beats you on the road. Are you going to say it 73? I mean, wouldn't you drop because you just had the 98th team uh, percentile, whatever they used, you know, or maybe they're saying it's the 98th best team in the in the nation. Just beat the 73rd team in the nation. Then basically, they might drop, and it, it won't be a quad one win. Uh, no, you're absolutely right, because NC State, like as of right now, I think they were 36. They said and Duke is 32. So both of right. them, as home games right now for the Orange, are quad two, because the uh, the dividing line there is uh, the top 30. So yeah, like 
So Syracuse needs to beat them to get a big win. But if they beat them, you're right. Like those teams uh, will drop. Right. That the the weird part about this whole thing is it seems like if Syracuse were to lose to these teams, it, it's possible that both of them would like go up in the rankings because he lost exactly. to a higher team. So it's so yeah. the, the math is a little screwy here. That especially this late in the season, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, like I said, we you know, you know way back when Carolina, Virginia, and Duke were in the top five, Syracuse always moved up by just losing to them. Yeah. Now, now the other conferences, like you know, like the, like the uh, the Big Twelve. I mean, Baylor Baylor's playing Kansas. Well, one of them's going to lose, one's going to win. But I bet that one goes up because who they're playing. Last night, I don't think it matters, but Texas Tech. Just beat uh, like what the uh, six twelve team Texas. Mm-hmm. They only they, they only got three wins in conference, but those three might be three quad wins because every time they play somebody, it's probably in the top seventy. I would say. Yeah, I think. And so I think Scooter, the stat I saw today, you know, in regards to the Big Twelve, it's something like this: Baylor. It's like in the last month, Baylor has seven quad one wins because it's the whole league. Like you're you're right. guaranteed it in that league. Yeah, and remember a couple of years ago, the Big East was like that because Villanova was highly ranked. So every time you played Villanova, you beat them or played them, teams in the Big East moved up. And uh, so it just happens to be secular. The ACC did not have a good non-conference uh, it wins. And if you look at it, and that killed the Carolinas and the Dukes. And basically when we play them, that's what we're getting hurt. But I'm just wondering because if you're 98th, and you're banking on these teams as quad one wins like a, a Clemson. And we hopefully cross our fingers. Pittsburgh doesn't drop drop any more in 55 or 60. But if you beat them, I think they drop automatically. Uh, yeah, no. And it, it is, uh, it's a problem if, when you're trying to climb the ladder. And, uh, Scooter, thanks for the call. And to, yep. to, to answer Scooter's point here, th- this explains what it is uh, living in the other world, which, you know, to be fair, Again, you're talking about like 2016 in those years that Syracuse scraped in by the skin of their teeth. 2018, where the ACC was riding high. Well, the Orange got in with the the benefit of the doubt on those things. But Texas Tech, here's the example. Last night, big Monday, Texas Tech, Texas. Uh, But Texas Tech won the game. Yesterday, Texas Tech was ranked 70th in the net. Today, albeit a big win, they've gone up to 60. 70 to 60. So that is way ahead. They are nearly 40 spots ahead of the yards. They're 14 and 12. Syracuse is 15 and 10. 14 and 12, 15 and 10. The difference there, you know, a 40 spot difference in net. What's the difference is the league you're in. That's ba- that's basically it. Now, is that good, bad, or otherwise? You got to decide this based on something, you know. I guarantee you this. Like, no matter what, we're always going to find something to bitch out of the eye test. What do these people know? Use the numbers, gosh darn it. I don't like those numbers. We should have some basketball people. Like, there's no there's no good way to do it. But look at the difference here. Like, Texas. Texas and Texas Tech. So, Texas Tech beat Texas yesterday and went up 10 in the rankings. Texas lost to Texas Tech and went down 2. And, you know, the Big 12 is all over. The Big 12 in the net right now, they've got number 7, Kansas, number 9, Texas, number 10, Baylor, number 11, Arizona. Like, so you play these games, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy right now. Now, full credit, the league took care of business. They won the games they needed to win in November and early December. It just feels like that those games, the games, you know, and Syracuse was not a good team. Jim Bam said it, Syracuse was not good in November. And I'm not saying Syracuse should be in the tournament today. This is a less of a Syracuse argument than anything. Like, they aren't going to have to win some games regardless here. But it just feels like Syracuse got... And they're not the only team. Like, Pittsburgh's an interesting example. 
Like they're going to make the tournament barn something weird at this point, but they're going to be seated probably way lower than what the back two thirds of their season indicates a team like them should look like. So we're saying like the first third of the season in many ways is more important than the last two thirds. It's weird. It's weird. It was less weird when the ACC was better. <laughs> Nobody cared then. It's all self-fulfilling based on what team you're rooting for and the, the whole thing. It's just interesting to look at. And I'm not claiming there's a better way to do it or an easier way to like Because you need to do something that's not, you know, a formula that's 8 million lines long. Like There needs to be something that, like the, the great part of the quad system that was terrible about the RPI, like now that it's, lay it out. Oh, okay. Here's where this one slots. Here's where this one and this one and this one and this is what we're going on. Like us as fans, we can take that sheet and look at the list and know what the game is. Like I like that part of it. That part's nice. Say, oh, this is an opportunity for the Orange to do this and that and the other thing. Or they better not screw up today because this is a quad three game. Like That part simplified the looking at it. I don't know if it is actually simplified the back end of it or made that part of it better. The RPI was crap. This is clearly an improvement. That said, what's the next step? There's always there's always a way to make these things better. The best part is that at least here on Valentine's Day 2023, we're talking about it because a month ago, we were waiting for the tournament. Now the Orange have at least played themselves back to the uh, vicinity of the vicinity of somewhere where you can look at the bubble with something other than a telescope. So that's good. With that, we'll take a break. Hear a little from Alan Griffin when we come back on uh, the game tonight. Brian Curtis of the Ringer coming up at 2.30. We'll look at the uh, the sports media landscape with Brian. Always good to get uh, his perspective. Then back to NC State Talk kind of for the rest of the way today. That is the plan here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Si? Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. Yeah, what have we done so far? We talked about how we are on, uh, are we on the precipice? Are we on the, uh, are we in the precipice of the rest of the season getting interesting with a win tonight? Maybe for the Orange, the numbers are there for the taking for Syracuse. Five of the last six games have a chance to be decent wins, quad one or quad two. Can the Orange start beginning to collect them tonight against NC State? We reviewed last week's picks and even 500 when you combine our pickers. And we chatted with Brian Curtis, Brian with a Y, from The Ringer. He's an editor at large. It feels like he's on the loose. He's on the lam. And uh, chatted to him about all the uh, TV coverage and whatnot that went on around the Super Bowl and the, the futures of... Tom Brady in the booth. I forgot to ask him about Derek Jeter, newest to Fox. That was on my list. That that eluded me. We'll have to do that another time. And uh, Tony Romo and all that good stuff was good to uh, chat with Brian. I'm sure we'll uh, get him in the mix down the line as uh, well. Fun to talk about stuff like that. Fun for me, anyway. Hopefully the rest of you 
enjoyed it. Good to peel back the curtain, get behind the scenes of uh, what 120 million people were doing on Sunday night and how most of them were consuming it on the television. So uh, good to good to chat about that. But right now, right now in my hands, I have two tickets to tonight's game. In my other hand, or on my computer screen, I have a trivia question that uh, perhaps in some way may pertain to tonight's game. The phone number here is 315-437-7644 for ESPN 44. I would like to give these uh, tickets to you via a correct answer to the trivia question. We will start uh, with Dave in the queues today. Dave, are you ready? Yes, I'm, I was born ready. Okay, Dave was born ready. Here is our question pertaining to Cuse NC State tonight. Who for Syracuse has scored the most points in a game since the Orange joined the ACC? I'm just going to give it a guess. I'm going to have to say... Uh, Jesse Edwards. Jesse Edwards. Uh, he has had some high-scoring games this season, but Jesse is not the answer. Dave, thank you for calling in. Our question there, who in a game since Syracuse has joined the ACC has scored the most points in a single game with Syracuse and NC State playing tonight? 315-437-7644 is the number for ESPN 44. Uh, don't be scared to dial it, and we will ask that question and give away some tickets. But we're getting you ready for Houston NC State tonight. And it feels like this may be, we may be watching tonight in the Dome, a, a coach that is uh, saving his job this season. Kevin Keats, sixth year at NC State, only made the tournament once. That was back in his first year. Only made the tournament once. Now, COVID year, they, they probably would have made it, so take that into account. But only actually made the tournament once. Has not won an NCAA tournament game. You know, we... we oh, we talk about Syracuse and, you know, why can't it be the way it used to be and stuff like that. Well, NC State, hey, NC State's a team. Now, again, this is longer ago than the Arch, 20 years prior to Syracuse. But NC State has won a championship. Like, NC State has had some, they got two. They got one in the 70s as well with David Thompson. Like, NC State has done some stuff historically in the college basketball court. And they have not been there of late. But Kevin Keats here in his sixth year, losing season last year, had been trending downward, bouncing back this year, 20-6. and six. Like, if the season continues this way, and NC State wins their fair share down the stretch here, and it makes more than zero noise in the NCAA tournament coming up, then this is going to be legitimately one of NC State's best seasons in like three decades, like if it, if it continues on uh, this way, based on regular season and if they have a successful postseason. They've not, you know, dotted the I's and crossed the T's yet, but it's trending that way. Good for Kevin Keats from uh, like all accounts. Everyone seems to uh, like him down there and all that stuff, but they, they got to win some games, and they've done it this year, having won now 9 of 11. Let's go back to the phones. Trivia for tickets tonight. Joe in the Q's is with us. Joe, are you ready? Yes. All right, Joe, here's our question. For Syracuse, since joining the ACC, who has scored the most points in a single game? Oh, my God. Most points in a single game. Syracuse and NC State tonight. Uh, Tyus Battle. Tyus Battle has scored a lot of points, but uh, he is not the answer. Thank you, Joe, for calling in and giving it a crack. Syracuse and NC State playing tonight would be the... uh, would be hint one of who has scored the most points in a uh, single game. Phone lines remain open, 315-437-7644 ESPN44 if you'd want two for tonight. They're for tonight, people. we got to give them away like now, like now. Come on. Come on, people. 
Get your free tickets. Get your free tickets. If you want to go to the chat at Q Sports Talk, the answer might be hanging out there in the chat at QSportsTalk.com. You know, we got people there that know things, that know things. But this is setting up to be an interesting game tonight. It's an interesting NC State team. We got the two highest scoring duos in the ACC. Number one is the Wolfpacks, Terquavian Smith and Jarkel Joyner. They combine for 34.7 a game. In fact, NC State's got four guys averaging at least 12. They got a, a balanced and powerful offense where Gerard and Judah for the Orange are the second highest scoring duo at 32.4 in ACC-only games. Again, ACC-only. Gerard is the league's leading scorer, and Terquavion is like, like you got to carry it out a lot of decimal places. He is right on Joe's heels in ACC-only games. Uh, full conference, Terquavion's the league's leading scorer. I just look, like to say Terquavion. It's a great name. So we're going to say it a lot tonight. I guarantee you that. But back to the phone lines. Chris in Fulton is with us. Chris, are you ready for trivia for tickets here tonight? I think so. All right. Uh, who, since the Orange have joined the ACC, has scored the most points in a single game? Uh, I'm going to say Buddy Beheim. It is. Uh, Buddy scored a lot of points. The answer, though, is not Buddy Beheim. Chris, thank you for All the right. call. That is Chris in Fulton. We're getting uh, people that have scored lots of points. That's for, uh, that's for darn sure. Uh, Buddy has scored lots of points. Uh, Jesse, Jesse's not had a 30-point game yet, so he would have been uh, further off. Ty has scored lots of points. All reasonable guesses. 315-437-7644 is the number for ESPN 44. Trivia tickets tonight. I got two. Who wants them? Last second Valentine's date. Those restaurant resis fell through. Got nothing else, cook, nothing else cooking. You forgot the flowers. Here's your chance. Last chance. Last chance to get a gift for free, mind you. We'll get the tickets right to your email. But uh, this could be an interesting game tonight. This backcourt matchup. Smith, Joyner, Gerard, Mintz. Going at it. I'm very intrigued by that matchup in the Dome tonight uh, between these groups. And like, there's a lot on the line in this game tonight. Like NC State's been rolling. They've won 9 of 11. They're playing very well. They're playing very well right now. But like is have they done enough? Like they want to keep going, so they're not like they're in the tournament right now. But you don't want to fall apart at the end, and you want to get a good seed. And we know what Syracuse has to do down the stretch. All right, back to the phones. Matt in the Cuse is with us. All right, Matt, are you ready for some trivia? Yes, sir. All right, here's our question: Who, since the Orange joined the ACC, has scored the most points in a single basketball game? Forty-three by Johnny Gillen. That is the correct answer, Matt. Forty-three by John Gillen against two. Against NC State. There's our tie-in back in uh, 2017. I didn't even need to look it up. I already knew it. All right. Beautiful stuff, Matt. Uh, Hang on the line. We'll get you those tickets for tonight, okay? All right. Thanks. That is uh, Matt winning the tickets. It was John Gillen in that game. What a game it was. Down in Raleigh Bank in 2017. And talk about a crazy season. The The Orange were like the ultimate team and I don't even really think they had a chance of making the tournament that year, but their resume was like the wackiest resume of all time. Like, they had better wins than half or more of the tournament field. They had worse losses than the other half. They didn't have enough wins when it all came down to it. That team had the craziest resume in recent history uh, for the Orange. But uh, that day, the Orange were on the road at a ranked NC State team. They were down 15, I think it was, in the second half to close regulation of that game in which John Gill had scored 43 points. And made nine out of ten three pointers. He scored the last twenty, the last twenty orange points of regulation. The last twenty, 
At one point on three straight possessions, he had threes. It was a wild performance. and made a bunch of free throws. The 43 points, when you look at it all the time, Bill Smith, back in, I think it was 1971, against uh, Lafayette, had 47 in a game. That's the school record. Uh, some uh, some guy named, uh, what's his name, Bing? Dave Bing? Have we heard of him? He's got the next two games on the list. So Dave doesn't have the record, but he's 2-3. and three. And then tie, T4 is John Gillen. And it's the most points in a game, 43 since another guy also scored 43, some guy named uh, McNamara. Uh, Jerry did it in the tournament back in uh, 04 against BYU up uh, for 43. And what was a, a close enough game that the Orange needed? So uh, that scoring outburst by, outburst by Gillen a few years back uh, certainly stands out. But that is the most points that it's not just since the ACC. It's the most points that uh, an Orange player scored in a game, basically, in, in two decades. And it just so happened to be against NC State. Orange uh, rolling against the Pack recently, too. Have won four straight in the series. Hopefully that will continue uh, tonight. We'll take a break now on the 315. More talk about the game as we roll along. Your calls as well. Uh, immediately next, the 411 in the 315. We'll bring in Tim Leonard. He's here. He's right out there. He'll come in and join us for the 411 right after this. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> All across Central New York, it's the three one five with Brian Higgins. All right, rolling along here on this Tuesday game night. Game night. Six to go. Home stretch. Looking forward to it. I, I think this could be a good one tonight. Like NC, you know, Syracuse has been playing well. The Irish have thrown in one clunker. One clunker, basically in a month. That's it. That's it. Does it guarantee a win tonight? Well, we've seen in some of these other games. Uh, Virginia the second time. Carolina. Miami. You know, playing well guarantees nothing. It doesn't guarantee a W. But the Orange are playing good basketball. Competitive basketball. And, like, it's not a smoke and mirrors thing. It's legit. Does it guarantee a win against the top five team in the league? No. Do the Orange need a win against the top five team in the league? Uh, yes. Shall those things combine in a meaningful matter tonight? Mm. Analysis. Just, eh, eh. I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, of the outcomes that would just blindside me would be the Orange getting, like, shellacked tonight. Or shellacked on Saturday against Duke. Or, for that matter, shellacked at Clemson next week. The Pittsburgh game, mm, I find worrisome. Because the Orange were getting shellacked by Pitt in the Dome. They are around 20 in that game before Rally late, and it was close. But that was, I don't want to say it was a false close, but Pitt showed what can happen. Now, the Orange are playing much better now than then. But, you know, looking down the line in this stretch of four games, which I don't know if you would have predicted preseason this to be the toughest four-game stretch on the schedule, but it, it might be when you look at it all lined up with these four teams in a row that are potentially... This is potentially four tournament teams you're looking at here at a row. Again, the numbers, the the numbers and the net and the quads and all this stuff are saying different stuff this year about the ACC than the conference standings are saying, which is hard to wrap your noggin around. And it's weird. It's weird. 
Because this just doesn't happen to the ACC. Like the ACC and that stuff, like the conference standings in the ACC normally usually kind of look like what, you know, the seeds and whatnot or who's going to make the tournament in this. The last couple of years, it has just not been the case. You look at what happened to Wake Forest last year. They won 8 million ACC games. The NCAA is like, "Mm, yeah, no, we're good. Like, could that happen to somebody this year? It's possible. Like, NC State, I don't think. Like, they're top 40 in the net right now. But, like, top 40, that's not a... Doesn't mean you're locked in. That doesn't mean things can't fall apart on you. I don't know. I don't know. But let's get into some... uh, Let's get into some thoughts for tonight. Let's get into some things that, as of now, before it's actually happened, I'm certain absolutely have to happen tonight. No wrong answers. Give me a boy's name that starts with the letter H. Jose. There are no wrong answers. What months of pregnancy does a woman begin to look pregnant? September. No wrong answers. Something a burglar would not want to see when he breaks into a house. Rod. Naked grandma. Naked, huh? I'm like an animal. Keep your voice down. I'm a King Kong. All right, no wrong answers on the game tonight. What am I absolutely certain is going to happen in the Dome tonight? Thing one, if Syracuse scores 70 points tonight, they're going to win the game. If they aren't scored 70, they're going to win. Lock it in, 100%, no chance of failure. Since the calendar has flipped to 2023, there's been a very small chance of failure that the Orange, when they score 70, are 6-2. and two. Perhaps more importantly, when they do not, they're 0-3. I think this game tonight could have a little bit of pace to it. Like NC State scoring upper 70s a game. And the orange pace that they play at seems to, for the most part, kind of meld to the pace that the other team is playing. Save for when they slap on the, the press, it feels like more often than not it's the orange that are uh, not the team dictating the place, but are playing at the pace of the other team. In my mind, the orange have played better playing at a faster pace of late. I think that the way NC State plays is going to lead to that style of game tonight, slightly up-tempo, not saying run and gun, but I think it'll be a reasonably uh, brisk up-and-down-the-court game. And I think even though NC State maybe plays that way more, I, I think it plays into what Syracuse uh, does well, with Judah in the open court, with more room for Joe to operate, and with Jesse being able to beat whomever's trying to follow him up and down the court. Why? Because he can beat all of the other fives in the league up and down the court. Like, I don't care who the other ones are. He he gets up and down the court uh, faster than them. All right, no wrong answers on tonight's game. DJ Burns, the power forward type for NC State, is fourth in the league in conference games and field goal percentage. Jesse Edwards is fifth in the league in conference games in field goal percentage. It says here that whichever one of them has the more efficient scoring night, a.k.a. the higher shooting percentage, that team will win the game tonight. And it feels in a game like this, we talked earlier about the high-scoring backcourts of Terquavion Smith and Charkel Joyner for NC State and Gerard and Judah for the Orange, that like the guards, like they're going to get to eat tonight. Like There's going to be a lot for the guards to do for both teams. So... I'm not going to say like Burns and Edwards will have limited touches, but it feels like whichever guy is more efficient in the touches that they get that is going to benefit their team like significantly more tonight than perhaps you'd normally expect. Just because of the next thing I'm thinking, that NC State tonight is going to take a season high in three-pointers. 
They have been in the 30s of threes taken a handful of times this season. Their season high is 33. It says here they'll take at least that tonight. NC State is not like a comically high-volume shooting three-point team, but they're upper third in the league in threes attempted and percentage in the whole thing. They're very, you know, they're a very good three-point shooting team. They're not like pulling up from everywhere, but they take a lot. It says here that NC State is going to take the most threes they've taken all season and in the zone and how many threes the Orange have surrendered all year. Now, just because they take a lot doesn't mean they'll make a lot. They did make 15 out of 30 their last game. But that is the high watermark. What's the most important part? We talk about the two guards, Smith and Joyner. Let's add in the third guard, Casey Morsell. Last three games. Now, Morsell in the season shooting 45% from the outside. That, very good. Leads the team. The ACC's stats are weird. You have to make like a, a stupid amount of threes to qualify for their leaders. Like It doesn't make sense. It's like more than makes sense to qualify the leaders. So Morsell's not involved there, but he makes about two a game. You need to make two and a half a game to qualify for the league leaders. That's a lot. It's too many. Anyway, last three games, Morsell's made four, four, and five. He's 13 of 24 from deep. I am saying that he's going to shoot at least 10 tonight against the orange zone. Shot 24 the last three games to average state. I'm guessing he's shooting at least 10 tonight. If he makes fewer than four, Syracuse wins. No wrong answers. Makes fewer than four, the Orange win tonight. No wrong answer about the Orange. JG3, Judah, and Jesse. Last two games have combined for 60 on the nose, both against Boston College and Florida State. The high water mark of the season, 60 on the nose. I'm saying they will do that or perhaps more for a third straight game tonight of 60 or more combined points. Gerard, Judah, and Jesse. And Jesse doing it efficiently. And then out of the top four guards in the game, Jerquavion Smith. Is he the player of the year in the league? Maybe so. He's the league's leading scorer. Jarkel Joyner, he's not a schlub. He's averaging 16 a game. Joe Gerard, 17 a game. Leads the league in scoring in conference games. And Judah Mintz, out of the four guards. No wrong answers. Says here that Judah Mintz, out of the four, is going to be the best player on the court tonight. Not Terquavian, not Gerard. Says here that Judah Mintz will be the best player on the court tonight. That's what I'm feeling. The way Judah's been playing of late, it's rounding out, closing games. I get it. It was BC and Florida State the last two. It wasn't Miami. It wasn't Carolina. I understand. I think he's made steps, and I think here we are, Tuesday night, comfortable at home in the Dome, getting a nice little test. You know, Judah's emotions, I think he can rein it in in the right way against like a Turquavion Smith. I think that's going to be a fun little matchup. I think Judah's going to be the best player in the game tonight. And if all of those things end up being correct, that is the recipe for an orange win tonight. That is the recipe. Judah, knowing when to go. The Orange three-point defense on the outside. They're going to give up a lot tonight. I think NC State is going to shoot a lot. It may be better if they shoot even more. Don't get it inside to DJ Burns, who's making more than 55% of his shots. No, no, no. Further away, people. Now, if NC State hits a crap ton, you lose, and they go home. I think, you know, Syracuse's defense from the outside, it's, it's tightening up a little. Chris Bell's playing better in that role. 
I think the Irons can win this game tonight. And if those things happen, if Judah is the best player on the floor, especially down the stretch like he was the last two games, that is Syracuse's best way to win the basketball game tonight. With that, we'll take our final break of the show. This hour brought to you by William Matar. Just past 344, call William Matar if you're hurting a car at 444-4444. Final wrap, what's on tap tonight when we come back? QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.